Our first reading is from Psalm 122. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. This is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. The second reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. As you chatted today, I wonder if you heard about anyone's great holidays. And I wonder if you ever talk about being in your happy place, the space where you feel most content or joyful. Uh, on social media at the moment, there are lots of holiday snaps with the hashtag, my happy place. And while a happy place might be an actual location, like the beach or the mountains, it can also be a way of describing something that you love to do, like pottering in the garden or making art or music or playing sport or just watching it till 4am in the morning. And often our happy place is about who we are, who we are with, a trusted friend or our family, a tribe of friends gathered round a table together. And I think the happiest places of all are when you have the trifecta, the great location, the great activity, and the people you love. When I was in high school, I went on holiday a couple of times with my best friend. We are still friends to this day. And we would go to her aunt's house in Evans Head in northern New South Wales. It's a classic sunny Aussie beach. And we'd go and spend a week swimming and soaking up the sunshine and just hanging out, the two of us, in the town. It was the total trifecta. 
And we'd get there, the way we'd get there, we'd travel in the back of her dad's VW van. And he, the amazing man that he was, would drive all day from crack of dawn until the night time. And even though we were too old to say and ask, are we there yet? We couldn't resist when the coastline came into view at the end of the day, singing the song that she made up with her sister when they were little. I can see the sea, I can see the sea, I can see the sea. That's how it went. That's it. That's the song. It's, uh, you know, we sang it with a lot of gusto. Uh, not much to it, but, you know, you get the idea. We couldn't help it. We were so excited to finally be there. And the 15 songs of ascent in the Psalms of the Old Testament, I think, are like that. Psalms 120 and 134 and Psalm 84, which I snuck in at the beginning, I think we could call that a song of ascent too. These are what I would call not just the happy place, but the happiest place Psalms, the trifecta Psalms. Because they're the songs that the Israelites sang when they travelled to the holy city of Jerusalem to worship God at the temple, to celebrate special festivals with their family and friends. I can see Jerusalem. <laughs> the Psalms are not kind of toxic in their positivity. We talk about toxic positivity now, don't we? Um, they do actually acknowledge the hard stuff of everyday life. But what they are are kind of joyful, nevertheless songs, hopeful about the good that comes from being God's people in his presence. They are songs about literally going up a mountain. And they are also songs about seeking the mountaintop experience, about being in God's presence, about fixing our eyes on higher things, about paying attention to God, his holiness and his goodness. And generations of Jews have journeyed to Jerusalem and sung these songs of ascent, longing and anticipating being with God. They sing it to one another and they teach it to their children. What did we say in Psalm 84? How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. Better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. This is a happiest place song. And Jerusalem is so special for the Jews because it was there that God chose to settle in their midst. First in the tabernacle, that tent that they carried around in the wilderness until they reached the promised land. And then in the permanent dwelling, the temple that was first built by King Solomon. Um, in his book, The Case for the Psalms, Tom Wright points out that there's something really absurd about this. Why does the God who made the whole universe need a man-made dwelling? Well, he doesn't, of course. And yet... God initiates and instructs the Israelite to build these extraordinary sacred spaces so that they might bring themselves to seek his perfect justice and blessing, so that they might have a place to make offerings and sacrifice for sin and to worship him together. The God of the universe loves his people and he loves it when they draw near to him and pay attention to him. And also in Jerusalem, this is where the annual festivals and celebrations happen. And in the New Testament, we hear a lot about people going to Jerusalem for Passover. That's the celebration um, where they remember God rescuing them out of Egypt in the Exodus. And just like Christmas or Lunar New Year, which is this weekend, and happy Lunar New Year if you're celebrating this weekend, 
everything stops. Everyday life stops and you gather together and you remember and celebrate and how good it is to break the patterns of everyday life and seek God's presence and blessing with those that you love. Can you imagine the Israelites in the time of the kings singing these songs, coming to Jerusalem to celebrate in times of peace? And can you imagine the Israelites away from Israel in the time of the exile singing these songs with longing and hope that God will restore Jerusalem to them and that they will one day be in his courts again? And last year we heard about Ezra and Nehemiah. Can you imagine them as they rebuild the walls and the city of the city and the temple singing these songs in anticipation and excitement? And now imagine Mary and Joseph and 12-year-old Jesus travelling to Jerusalem in convoy with relatives and friends. The excitement when the kids first catch a glimpse of the city. Can you imagine them singing Psalm 122? I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. Very prosaic, that bit, I think, personally. (laughs) Just description. This is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. That story that Laurel read for us from Luke's Gospel hints at a kind of happy family chaos, doesn't it? I mean, it must have been chaos if it took them a whole day to realise that one of their kids was missing. I love how Jesus answers his parents when they come looking for him. What does he say? Didn't you know that I had to be in my happiest place? In my father's house, he says. The photo on the front of your booklets is one that I took in December, just before stepping into the old city of Jerusalem with my fellow Aussie Christian pilgrims. And we read Psalm 122 the day before. And the day that the photo is from, we walked the Via Dolorosa, which is stopping through the streets of the old city in the traditional places uh, where you remember Jesus' journey to the cross. For 30 years, Jesus made an annual journey to Jerusalem for Passover, first with his family and then with his disciples, singing the songs of ascent, and his final journey was one of those trips. The day before the group that I was with um, went into the city of Jerusalem, we stood on the Mount of Olives, and that's where Jesus stood a week before, if you remember, on Palm Sunday, a week before his crucifixion. And from there, you have an absolutely amazing view of the city. And I imagine Jesus looking out and singing verse 5 of 122. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Within the week, he would face the imperfect thrones of human judgment and be executed. But his death would also satisfy the perfect judgment of God for the sins of the whole world. Verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Jesus prayed for the peace of Jerusalem. He longed for it. His mission was peace. For the sake of his family and friends, and that includes us, 
and for the glory of God. Further on in Luke's gospel in chapter 19, we read that on the Mount of Olives, as Jesus saw the city of Jerusalem, he wept over it, saying, if you had known, he said, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the day of your Messiah, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. And when he enters the temple, Jesus becomes angered, doesn't he, when he sees people trading setting up shop instead of worshipping God in his house. And he declares, I will destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. And he's talking about himself. The sadness for Jesus that was so many uh, would reject him as their Messiah, the Prince of Peace. But we know that his death is effective. We know because when Jesus died, the temple which curtain which separated the Holy of Holies, the place of God's special presence from the rest of the building, was supernaturally torn in two from top to bottom. This means there's no more restricted access to God. There's no need for sin offerings. There's no need for a temple made of bricks and mortar anymore. What there is when Jesus dies is everlasting peace for those who trust in him. And his resurrection gives us more certainty and assurance and the promise of life lived in God's presence forever. And we begin that life with him now by his spirit and into the future when he will return with the new Jerusalem, which we read about in Revelation, where there is no temple, just a city. And that is something to look forward to. And I think there will be a lot of singing there. I really loved visiting the old city of Jerusalem. It is so special to go and see the places where Jesus was 2,000 years ago and to walk that path and remember his death and resurrection. I learned a lot and it strengthened my faith. But because I trust in Jesus and his words and his death for me, I have to believe that God is just as present with me here and now, here in Clifton Hill Primary School, than he was a month ago at the city gates of Jerusalem. Jesus' Jesus' death means that God's presence and peace are not found in a specific city or building here on earth anymore, but in the person of Jesus. And he is our happy place. So what do we do with these psalms, these songs of ascent? We could come to a simple conclusion that you can sing these anytime. If you have God's Holy Spirit, then you can sing these anytime. And that is true. Anywhere, anytime is a good time to come to Jesus and rejoice in God's presence with you. And if you never have accepted Jesus' death for you and his work on the cross, then consider it. How incredible to have God's presence and peace forever. I'd love to talk to you if you want to think about that. I want to say more though, because the idea of Jesus as the new temple doesn't end with him. It's actually just the beginning. And Peter, his friend, who uh, wrote a couple of letters in the New Testament, says in 1 Peter that Jesus is just one stone of the temple, a very important stone, the foundation stone, the the cornerstone. But he says this, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Christ Jesus. Friends, the utterly extraordinary truth of Jesus' death and resurrection is that those who belong to him are also living stones and that together we build God's new house. And so it's especially when we gather together with all our varying life circumstances, painful for some, joyful for others, that we can all together sing the Happy Place songs.
because God is here in our midst. And as I look around, (laughs) you know, this is such an ordinary place, isn't it? And I like it for that because it's not about the building. It's about you and me. It's about Jesus and God's spirit among us. In our culture, we think very individualistically about our identity and our purpose. But when we come to Jesus, he gives us this huge, big project, a big building project. And you, each one of you, are a living stone being built into the house of God. Well, when you think about coming to church on Sunday, and this is the question that I've been asking myself as I've thought about this, as we gather as a church, are we anticipating week by week the joy of being with one another and of paying attention to God's presence in our midst? And what would it look like if we saw our gatherings each week as the happiest place of our lives? This has been challenging for me to think about, and I want to ask you, will you go away and think about that? If this is where God's living stones are being brought together and he's in our midst, then this can be the happiest place in the week for each of us. It's encouraged me this week to renew my thinking about church and I want to encourage you to to do this, to be inspired by this picture of God's house and being built as living stones together. For some of us, church is already the high point of our week, but for many of us, it's just another thing in a busy time. And something, sometimes it's easy to drop church, isn't it, when life is busy. But the songs of ascent shape our thinking differently. We put aside the day-to-day activities of life to be here, longing and attentive to God's presence with us. And for each one of us, this challenge might bring different um, applications. And I'm going to give you a few here and they, you know, grab onto the one that, that means something to you or think about what it is. Uh, it might be something different. It may be that you need to actually recommit yourself to being here regularly. Christianity is a gathered faith. You can go it on your own, but you know, the New Testament writers keep saying, don't neglect to gather. Don't neglect to keep meeting. We are God's people together. Prioritise church. Prioritise youth group. If you go to youth group, same thing. You guys are living stones together as you meet and um, you learn from God's word and you grow together. It may be that you need to prepare your heart and mind to come here each week. You might be coming each week, but uh, you know it's busy and maybe it'd be good to take a little bit of time before you come to pay attention that God is with you and that he's going to be with us. Uh, Maybe as you get dressed, you might sing a song of a sense. We could make one up. Not I can see the sea, but you know. If you have kids, you could make up a song about going to church, a joyful song, or read these psalms in preparation for church. Maybe you want to commit to being here on time. There are not many people here at 10 o'clock, and I'm just going to say it. If you can come on time, that's so encouraging, and it shows that we're serious about coming together to worship God. And not just on time. I want to encourage you to come early. If you've been here early, what you'll see is that there's a huddle at the front of prayer. And you are welcome to join in that huddle. Because what we're doing is we've been busy for like since 8.30 in here, getting ready, getting ready, playing music. And what we do is we stop and we lift our eyes. We lift our gaze and we go, oh, yes, God, you're with us. And would you be with us? And each person, would you bring each person through the door? This is what we're praying and bless them today. Come and join us and be here and pray and lift your eyes. It may be that you want to make this time more special. You're in a rut. Maybe you just need to put your happy clothes on on a Sunday morning. Or maybe you need to make a plan to eat with someone after church, to spend a bit more time here, a bit more time doing life together with God's people 
in his house. If you have children, the story of Jesus made me think about this, Jesus as a boy. If you have children, I want you to encourage you to remember that you are modelling and teaching them the rhythms of the Christian life. And making time each week to meet as the household of God speaks volumes. Church is not negotiable and it's not like any other extracurricular activity. It's special. I know this is hard work and Rob and I have navigated this with four kids. So if you want to talk about your particular family or particular circumstances and why that's hard, he and I would love to talk about it and try and figure that out with you. Because what the kids are learning now is what they take into their adult life. And you've got 18 years. Um, And after that, they make up their own mind about that. So I just encourage you to think about what it is that you're teaching them. Church is a good place to be. It's our happiest place. So friends, just to bless us, may we come excited and encountering God here. Week by week as we sing together, seek his forgiveness and receive his grace. As we read God's word and learn more of what it is to be his children. As we share and bear with one another our burdens of joy, may we continue to lift our eyes and find our happiest place with Jesus and among his people. Amen.